Chapter Three of John Gutenberg, First Master Printer by Franz Freiherr von Dingelstedt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Claudia Salto. Who John Gutenberg found in his dwelling when he came back to it, and what conversation he there held with the little Parisian when john gutenberg returned he found in his humble room besides his faithful baldeck a young stranger awaiting him who hastened when the old man entered to rise and salute him respectfully surprised at so late an hour of the night to see a stranger gutenberg asked him the motive of his visit master replied the young man i come to do homage through you to the great art which you exercise then he added a familiar saying may god bless the workshop to-day to-morrow and always who cares for its size when it is so full of honour gutenberg inclined his head good-humouredly in his present frame of mind so untimely a visit from an apprentice seemed somewhat inopportune to the old man he thought himself bound however to bow and to bestow a small denier in acknowledgment of the compliment typographers then only very recently in existence had nevertheless formed themselves into a separate body such was the will of the master workers in the middle ages the card makers the engravers on wood the image vendors had done the same for some time past in the low countries in france and in germany and it is only in this manner that we can account for the rapidity with which not only workshops masters and apprentices were established on the borders of the rhine and in alsace but that whole corporations appeared in italy france holland and almost all over europe beildeck having placed in the young man's hand the proffered coin the latter bent his head in acknowledgment forgive me gracious master he said to the old man but at present i am not on a walking tour and if i come to you it is not so much to receive a gift as to ask for work and to put at your disposal a pair of vigorous arms and a very light heart the frank and familiar but yet respectful manner of the young stranger awakened gutenberg's attention thou belongest not to these parts he said to him one can tell that by thy accent no master the blood which runs in my veins is only half german my mother is french and i was born in paris i was a card-maker until the noise of the profession of which you are the creator attracted me first to strasbourg then to mayence until now i have worked for master faust but as he has just turned me away i come to you this information as may be supposed was not calculated to conciliate the favour of his new patron for the little parisian gutenberg answered not without a certain bitterness 
boy if thou dost expect to find a well-covered table with me and a press as easy to manage as those which thou hast quitted thou mayest find thyself mistaken i do not feed my workmen and as for work i have at this moment but little to dispose of the young man looked with a blank expression round the room master gutenberg said he you will do wrong to send me away thus discomfited without an engagement i know you have just dismissed two workmen who refused to submit to your orders and that you want help in your workshop weak as the help may be that i can offer you try me i am the child of honest parents my name is claude muni at your service and i am the son of gisquette muni here gutenberg's attention seemed for a moment particularly arrested less perhaps by the name of the son than by that of his mother one might even have perceived a slight emotion passing over the face of the old man as he examined more closely the features of the young frenchman thou sayest thy mother's name is gisquette gisquette what a lovely name repeated the old man as if to himself then after a moment's silence he added claude i am very sorry but the thing is impossible i cannot employ thee in that case adieu master gutenberg and may you prosper always and for ever according to the wish of the most devoted of your disciples in these words the little frenchman seized the hand of the old man and kissed it with much fervour before gutenberg had time to withdraw it Bildeck, who during this interview had been preparing his master's humble couch for the night hazarded timidly a remonstrance as he took the cloak from gutenberg's shoulders master gutenberg you ought not to have dismissed the young man in that manner he appeared to me a good little fellow and had he unloosed his tongue to you as he did to me i am sure you would not have sent him away for let me tell you it is owing to you that the poor lad is now without bread eh why did you not say so sooner dare one ever speak to you in the presence of a stranger replied the attendant to his excited master upon which he related in a few words the story of the dismissal from faust as he had just heard it from the little frenchman himself gutenberg was no sooner acquainted with the chain of circumstances than he rushed to the window with the little panes framed in lead opened it and began calling after the young stranger he had not proceeded far and his cheeks were red with emotion as in a moment's time he reappeared before the old man gutenberg passed his thin hand complacently through the fair locks surrounding the happy young face thou art a naughty boy he said and more than that thou art a simpleton for not having told me all that thou hast suffered on my account from those tradesmen master you were a stranger to me and besides what i did 
was less in honour of you than of your noble art of which you are the sole inventor was it necessary to come here and boast in order to win your good will be sure i should never have related what i did to that famulus there if it had not been to beguile over weariness and to kill the time while we were both waiting your return the naive candour of the young parisian completely conquered the heart of gutenberg and although midnight had long since struck he told beildeck to bring a jug of wine he sat down and desired his new apprentice to do the same for to-night you must at any rate remain here all the taverns are now closed and we will manage as well as we can Bildek, make up a bed for the lad as you think best but above all let us have quickly something to drink that idle talk of the syndic has stirred my bile and if we drink later than usual we shall only sleep the better for it and to-morrow being a holiday we need not be at the press at peep of day so the master and the apprentice sat side by side clinking their goblets and drinking to the health and prosperity of the art of printing old beildeck was obliged also to take his share for said gutenberg he too deserves well of me and of the great art of typography was it not he who saved my presses in the wicked quarrel which i had with dritzin and his heirs when they all tried to trample on me and would have forced my secret from me for a bit of bread believe me my son i have endured much and heaved many a sigh ere i reached my present position ah when the little herr gutenberg came into the world they did not sing the song they ought to have sung around his cradle that would have been that he would wander from town to town with a pack upon his back practising his poor trade at this forlorn picture claude could not help laughing master said he to gutenberg if the curiosity of a young man will not appear indiscreet i should like to hear you relate how the first idea of your invention occurred to you and this question from the lad a grave and sad expression crossed the old man's face he laid his hand on his broad forehead furrowed with wrinkles and looking down into the depths of his goblet he answered my friend in this world whatever is best and noblest always comes alone and of itself without our being able to say from whence or how so it was with the art which i pursue the method of printing with boards as you do for cards and as others do for books ceased to satisfy me the step from engraved boards to movable types was comparatively easy the ancients with their wisdom had already long since pointed out the way but no attention had been paid to them it was on looking one day at my signet ring that i was led to think of using movable types i had amused myself with impressing on the soft 
wax the little pilgrim with his cockle-shells which has always been the armorial bearing of the gutenbergs of mayence and it was on seeing my coat of arms reproduced that it occurred to me one might cut letters in wood or in stone and afterwards print them claude thou seest how far i still was from the goal and yet even then light was breaking in upon me for the advancement of my own art and of other branches connected with it if thou knowest strasbourg i lived at that time in the faubourg saint arbogast i will not tell thee the time and the trouble it took to achieve the manufacture of wooden blocks how many attempts i made before i succeeded and how many losses i sustained one of the greatest difficulties when i had formed my characters was to print them a press is apparently a very simple thing without complication and yet there is an abyss of separation between a press and the brush which was used in former days that great pad of rag and of horsehair with which one could only print one side of a page at a time and even that with great difficulty it was one of my greatest vexations that i could not find a fit instrument to hold my little wooden letters i could not manage to get the impression straight and even and strong enough to produce the engraving without seeing my letters constantly break and fall out of place one day as i was seated alone in my workshop a world of ideas passed through my mind without my being able to realize any one of them i became prostrate with a sense of my own weakness and a feeling of despair at seeing myself incapable of success took such possession of me that i suddenly rushed out of doors like a madman i require to breathe the pure air of heaven and i wished to try if in the midst of quiet fields and gentle scenes i might for a few moments forget my grief it happened to be just that beautiful autumn season when the hills and the gardens around strasburg far and near swarm with vintages young men and women gathering the grapes my son man is corrupt from his earliest years and his heart is full of wickedness my soul was bursting with the blackest vilest envy at the sight of these poor happy workpeople i said to myself each has his own place under the sun each knows what he has to do and i i alone am condemned to be a useless unemployed wanderer at this very moment as if the almighty wished to punish me in his own way for my blind rebellion a load of grapes was thrown just before me under the screw of the wine-press the machine began working immediately for the vine-dresser ah it was as if scales had suddenly fallen from my eyes i ran i flew to my workshop 
i worked the whole night in concert with my faithful lawrence Bildeck, and in the morning when aurora appeared on the horizon lighting up my poor dwelling with her rays i had before me a printing-press rough and shapeless it is true but the discovery was made claude thou mayest believe me when i say that i could also have behaved like that great mathematician of whom i have read somewhere who jumping out of his bath where he had solved a problem ran naked through the streets of his native city exclaiming i have found it i have found it some day perhaps thou mayest thyself experience these ecstasies when after having long wandered in darkness suddenly light breaks in upon thee a delirium seizes one the sinner falls down on his knees to thank god from whom proceeds all light that god to whom we the ungrateful children of earth do not fear in our ignorant pride to aspire to an equality here gutenberg clasping both hands round his mug raised it to his lips and drank a long draught claude had listened with naive emotion to the relation of the old man and when he had finished speaking claude replied in a tone of prophetic inspiration master you have discovered and accomplished a divine work what are all arts in comparison of yours with its incessant fecundity no no do not take what i say as a piece of insipid flattery but i can only liken your invention to an old fable which i saw represented in my joyous city of paris i think they called it a mystery there was a hero who if i recollect right was named prometheus he wished to steal fire from heaven to bring down a spark of it to our cold gloomy earth you have done as he did may then your name and your art live for ever here the young man stood up and drank gutenberg meanwhile had with a pensive air been shaking his head and his grey locks his eyes fixed before him claude said he thou speakest according to thy years and thy imagination life has no shadows for thee thy dreams have not yet been destroyed it is different with me claude believe what i say i see the time coming when these little mobile letters which i have discovered will become living realities like so many serpents they will climb the walls of our cathedrals even up to the clock towers and they will be as snoring worms to the old thrones of our emperors yes these movable letters contain also a satanic element which thou dost not perceive i have created i have invented them but they cannot be otherwise than destructive i have lighted a torch but let the wind and the storm arise and shake their wings and i warn them that 
the flame will suddenly become a devouring fire consuming everything around it claude did not quite understand the sense in which the old prophet uttered his denunciation his survey only skimmed over the surface of events without seeking to penetrate beyond and he was incapable of foreseeing the inevitable consequences the fearful reactions which must ensue from so wonderful a discovery full of love for his old master he repeated incessantly his congratulations to the old man for the imperishable monument he had raised to his own name this even gutenberg would not admit he said my art is not like any other art a painter sketches his figures on the canvas and he perfects the creation of his thought the same with the poet the engraver the architect and the musician we on the contrary with our presses are only the servants of others printing is only an instrument for thinkers of what importance are the fingers which regulate the letters in a book of what importance is the hand which works the press which arranges the pages and the leaves which gives a visible form to the action of the mind will the reader ask who has printed the book he will only care to know the name of him who has conceived it written it which name will shine in large letters on the first page while we the typographers will only appear at the end in a modest paragraph hardly perceptible dragged as it were in tow by the author on his journey to immortality the master rose and moved towards the window outside a gentle breeze whispered to the river to the town and to the surrounding country in the stillness of the night gutenberg looked up with emotion to the brilliant starlight of the heavens lord murmured he in a low voice thou knowest the aim which i have sought and the nature of my work may it all end in thee let my poor life my name be forgotten if such be thy will let them be lost in the vastness of thy infinity he spoke and disappeared in the recess of the room where he was in the habit of seeking repose for the night claude watched him with surprise but lawrence beildeck who had not listened to his beloved master without being moved to tears said softly to the young man he is often so he has the heart of a child may the almighty have him in his holy keeping End of chapter three